Welcome to the New Day Church Message of the Week. It is our hope and prayer that you encounter the one who created you through hearing this message today. To contact us or find out more information about our events and who we are, go to newday-church.org. Thank you for listening. I like to color in it and write in it. and I find some fun stuff because I write in my Bible and I underline and I highlight and like I'll write questions or little comments. Sometimes I'll be like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of fun to go back to. Oops. Where am I going? I'm yakking. That's my problem. James 4, 6 through 10. Oh, look, a bookmark. <laughs> I, pre- I prepared. I <laughs> know. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us, for it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then, surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your, whole, your joy into deep humiliation. Be willing to be made low before the Lord and he will exalt you. Okay. So... <laughs> I think, like, summing up, because I know it sounds harsh, but I think summing up, like, what he just said is kind of, like, get a grip on what real, like, what's really going on. Because sometimes we get so far out into, like, what's going on in the world, everything out here, out here, out here, we don't stop, you know, like, we're either enjoying or whatever, and, and we don't stop and get a grip on what's really going on inside of us. Pride comes in disguise. You can look at yourself and say, I'm a good person. I'm not really prideful. Like, you know. um, So, like, for me, I'm taking this class. It's in Creative Academy. And I think I kind of talked about, I don't know where I talked about this. Maybe it was, I don't know know if I told you guys this. But um, this last, not last week, but the week before, the Lord had me, she does like encounters and you like stop and you hang out with the father kind of like what I do sometimes and we're in there and father God and I was laying on the floor and I was really beat up and my armor was all messed up like I had armor on but it was like it wouldn't have worked if I went to war with this armor I would be in a lot of trouble and so what God did is he got off his throne and he picked me up and he gave me new armor and it was like wood and it had like like trees coming off of it, it was life, right? It was life-giving, it was this new armor. 
And I'm like, God, how did I get so beat up? And he's like, you were doing things in your own strength. Like, he wasn't mad. He wasn't angry with me. He wasn't like, you know, he was just like, hey, I've got new armor for you. And I'm like, well, how do I not do this again? How do I not feel like this again? And he's like, stop trying to do things without me. Because I think a lot of times, at least for me, because like I said, it's in my personality to just just do it, you know, like bulldoze it until it happens. And the Lord's like, you don't have to work that hard because I just do this and then go ahead. You know, like, I'm not saying that working hard is bad because that's good. That's a good thing that he created me. Like, it's not a bad thing in me. It depends on if I'm connecting it to his heart or not. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not getting down on that personality because I, I love who God made me to be and it's taken me a long time to love me. Amen. But like, there's things in me that I, that I need to intentionally be like, oh, am I doing this in my own strength? Man, I am really tired and I am really frustrated. What is going on? Oh, I'm doing it in my own strength. You know, and it's just, it's learning. It's, it's walking out this relationship with him. That's right. But it's pride. That's my pride, trying to do things by myself because when I don't do things with him, it's saying, God, I can do this better. I'll grab you when I need you. <laughs> and lo and behold, I always need him, right? Like, <laughs> so the Lord's taking care of hard hearts. Because when we have hardness in our heart, it's pride. Because what we're doing is we're saying, I can protect my heart better than you can, God. I trust my heart with myself better than I trust you with it. And that's when we make our heart hard to protect ourselves. Um, I really believe that uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. So I, <laughs> you know, he's like, okay, Lord, should I just do it? Okay. So in my walk with the Lord, like, I really like hearing his voice. And I'm like, God, what are you doing right now? What are you doing in me? What are you doing in the body? What are you doing in the leadership? What are you doing in the church? And I feel like the Lord is going really hard after the fear of man. Oh, yeah. In our church body in our leadership right now, in me right now. He's going after this fear of man. Hallelujah. And it's because fear of man, we pick up and we use as a shield too. Because we think that if we make everybody happy, it'll protect us. Or like the Lord showed me, cause I'm like, I don't feel like, I don't care what people think. Like, God's like, yeah, but when something happens or something comes at you, that's, again, where I come up and protect myself. And that's still pride, and that's from fear of man, because I'm afraid they're going to hurt me, and I'm the one that has to protect myself from pain. Does that make sense? So pride, like, fear of man doesn't always look the same. Fear of man isn't always, like, that people-pleasing necessarily. But God's killing it in his church, and he's killing it in our leaders. Can you imagine this body if we didn't care, like if we only listened to God's voice? Can you remember, can you imagine, like just imagine, like you have a sanctified imagination, 
Surrender your imagination to Jesus and imagine what it would look like if you walked in the full power that like Jesus has promised us, our inheritance. Can you imagine what worship would be like? Can you imagine like what your workplace would look like? And I'm not trying to condemn you guys. I'm trying to get you excited because God is dealing with these things. Heart, heart, hard heartedness. He's saying, I am your protector. Let me protect you. Okay, how do I do that? Where have you made your, those, place, the, those places in your heart hard? Starts with unforgiveness. And I love preaching on unforgiveness because I have had such breakthrough just forgiving people. Amen. And it's not like I forgave a whole bunch of people. I'm like, okay, I'm good now. I don't ever have to forgive again because like, man, I get offended. People hurt me. Like, and I don't even necessarily need to do stuff. Like, I am in a marriage. I have a kid. Like, I am in community. A lot of people have a lot of church hurt because they're offended at the church and even because a leader was an idiot about something. Like, it happens. But we're community. If you walk in community, you're going to get hurt because we're people. Whether it's not feeling seen to an actual leader being like, rejection, we don't want you. Give that to God. You were created to be in community. And I'm talking to the people sitting in community, but you were created to be in community, right? You were created to connect. You were created to open up your heart and let other people in and take care of other people. Doing that, you're going to get hurt. But that's why we have a really good God who is our protector and our healer. And the more you walk like that, the more you walk open-hearted when something happens, the less it hurts. Amen. Because you are learning how to put God in front of you instead of trying to fix it yourself and heal yourself. The other thing is, is we harden our heart towards God because we believe lies about him. We say with our mouth, God is good. We say with our mouth, God wants me to enjoy my life. We say with our mouth these things about God, but then... Really deep down, we have had memories and we have had things happen in our life where we go, oh, wait, except for there. Oh, wait, maybe that was God and that, you know. Let God show you the lies that you are believing and change them and exchange them for truth. Because Job, like he was just talking about Job. I'm going to keep using Job, okay? Like, how did he get through that? Because he already had experience and relationship with the Lord. You put a baby Christian in that, you know, somebody who just meets Jesus, and they're like, yeah, God, on fire, da-da, and then all, that, all these things happen. I mean, how many times have you seen that? Where someone gets saved, and they're like, yes! And then all this stuff comes at them, and they're like, ah, just kidding! This feels really bad, you know? But then, you know, it, it, then you, <laughs> either they fall away, or... Like us, community is supposed to come around them and help them stand up, right? Amen. All right. It made me think of Pharaoh with Moses and, the, and God hardened his heart. Every time that there was a plague, right? He was like, let my people go. And it says God hardened his heart and he said no. His heart was already hard right. and God just hardened it. But why did Pharaoh have a hard heart? Because he wanted power. Because he cared more about material things and riches. 
If finances and your things live rent-free in your head all the time and there's anxiety or worth attached to them, that's pride. If you have a person on a pedestal, I mean, there's a lot of like big churches and big movements right now going through some stuff because there's leaders that really messed up and there's stuff coming out. If you put a person or a movement or a feeling on a pedestal instead of God, you're going to be disappointed. Absolutely. There's people looking right now at um, different churches, like big, huge churches. And I mean, we've all heard of it in the past. I don't know, like they have like a Hillsong thing and I don't know, like we're like the leader of the church totally screws up either is adulterous or does something bad with money or whatever and falls and people go, ha, God's not real. Well, if you put somebody on a pedestal, if you said that's, that guy's the only guy that can talk to God right, that's what's going to happen. Right. You need to make sure God is on your pedestal. You got to make sure that you're looking at God and not a movement. Amen. If you're looking at like, God's presence during worship today was awesome. Yeah. Like, I love his presence. I love that feeling of just being close to him and, and that, that awesome feeling of like, even when you go to like really cool big places and like the Holy Spirit's just like making people fall out and there's people crying and getting healed and all this cool stuff, right? That's an awesome feeling. And I'm not saying it's bad at all. I love it. But if that's what you're searching for, if you're going from movement to movement to feeling to like high, you're in trouble because that's not putting God first and that's pride. If your worth is wrapped up in how much money you make, how big your house is, what your car looks like, what your kids look like, um, how smart your kids are, how smart you are, how many bachelor's degrees you have on your wall. If your worth and your love is wrapped up in those things, you're in trouble because that'll all pass away. I'm not saying it's not good things, but I'm saying is, is if, if that's how you present yourself, you're like, yes, hello, I'm so-and-so, and my identity is I am a da-da-da-da-da, you're in trouble Unless it's, I'm a son of God, or a daughter of God, or I'm God's kid, like, this is who I am. Amen. Like, if you are looking at those things, you're in trouble. And that's pride. And that's where you've become hard in your heart. Um, so go with me to Matthew 13, 19. It's the parable of the sower. Now, you are ready to listen to the revelation of the parable of the sower and his seeds. The seed that fell on the beaten path represents the heart of the one who hears the message of the kingdom realm, but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. 
The seed sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message was he received. Then he quickly falls away, for the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. The seed sown among the weeds represents the person who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. As for the seed that fell upon good, rich soil, it represents the hearts of people who hear the full embrace of the message of heaven's kingdom realm. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. And I said, God, wow. I, for, in my brain, I always saw like the, like the different soils as like maybe non-believers or people who are just kind of playing with Christianity. But the Lord says, no, these soils are Christians. Yes. Yes. These soils are believers. Yes. And the heart, the heart posture that I'm talking about today is gravel. Because there's hard places and there's soft places. Some places in our hearts, we've got gravel places instead of good soil. But the cool thing is, is God is the greatest gardener. <laughs> Jesus is the greatest gardener. I have up in my room, or in my office, it's like, Jesus is the gardener of my heart. Yes, because when we are intentional and our heart is hungry, like I talked like earlier about the hunger, you know that hunger is actually... Like, hunger for more of God is actually also a symptom of being humble. So when you're humble and soft, you're going to take that in and you're going to want more. And there's going to be places for these things to land because of the softness in your heart. So, that gravel, I feel like that's where a lot of us Christians are. And that's when you're feeling stuck. That's when you come to church and you're like, okay, we'll sing some songs, we'll listen to him, you know, and like, or maybe you've been praying the same prayer over and over for a really long time and you're frustrated. When you start getting frustrated and angry, that's where, that's when your heart starts getting hard. So if we go back to James, what did he say about how to get your heart soft? If you want that good soil... It says, fully embrace the message of the kingdom realm, and you'll bear that fruit. And then you'll know that your so how do you know your soil is soft? Because you'll bear that fruit, and it'll be 30, 60, 100 times. What are the fruits? <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Being spirit-led. That's how you know you have soft soil. That's how you know that the seeds are landing in places. But James said... If you really want to know him, if you really want that soft heart, what you need to do is get closer and closer and closer to him. Be hungry for him. Get closer to him. Find those places where there's unforgiveness. Find those places where there's lies. Find those things that are on pedestals in your life that shouldn't be there and where God needs to be. The easiest way to do that is ask. Because he'll show you. He'll tell you. Yeah, that's true. Yep. I mean, 
I do an inner healing thing where I sit down and people are like, oh, is this counseling? No, <laughs> I don't tell you what to do. You know, is this counseling? Is this, are you going to fix me? Are you going to, are you going to inner heal me? No, I'm not. Actually, what I do is I facilitate a conversation with God. Because sometimes we need help, which is fine and good. But really, when it gets down to it, we're asking, God, who do I need to forgive? God, what lie am I believing? God, I'm angry all the time. Why? Who do I need to forgive? You know, like, and he takes you on this journey of your heart. He takes you on this journey of your heart. Be willing to go on this journey with him and ask the questions where you need help. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, for example, Luke 19. This is one of my favorite examples of hearts changing because they get close to Jesus. And it still happens today. In the city of Jericho, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus, who was the supervisor over all the tax collectors, right? We don't like tax collectors. Boo! <laughs> As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to say Jesus. He kept trying to get a good look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of people. So he ran on ahead for everyone and of everyone and climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up at, at, into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried. <laughs> I think that's funny. So he scurried down the tree like a grown man who's like this big, important like tax collector. Actually, I'm ahead of all the tax collectors. And he's scurrying down a tree. <laughs> Humble. No, I'm um, and came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this. Of all the people who have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, this shows today, life has come to you and your household. If you are a true son of Abraham, the Son of Man has come to seek out and give life to those who are lost. Hallelujah. That's like my favorite story yeah. of Jesus getting with somebody, coming close, just having dinner with him, and his heart changes like, like a 180, just right? Yes. And all they have to do is be close to Jesus and spend time with him. Yeah, that's right. All right, go with me to Matthew 23, 25 through 28. So that was a, that like Zacchaeus had a softness in his heart. Now I'm going to show you what Jesus does with people with hard hearts. <laughs> Total hard hearts, okay? 
Matthew 23, 25 through 28. And I mean, this is a big chunk but of like Jesus, it's called Jesus pronounces the seven woes and they're all pointed at awaits the religious scholars and the Pharisees and the frauds and pretenders. Um, but this is one I chose. Great sorrow awaits you religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and pretenders for you are obsessed, obsessed with peripheral issues like insisting on uh, paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in the garden. These matters are fine, yet you ignore the most important duty of all, to walk in love of God, to display mercy to others, and to live with integrity. Readjust your values and place first things first. What blind guides, nitpickers, you will spoon out a gnat from your drink, yet at the same time you've gulped down a camel without realizing it. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and like and the Sadducees and the people who are supposed to be like the biggest leaders. Like they kept all the laws and told you how to follow all the rules, and they thought they were pretty great. These people, like, they're the epitome of pride. Okay? They knew all they had all the head knowledge, they knew all the answers, but they didn't even see the Messiah standing in front of them. They didn't even know God when he was standing in front of them in flesh. Our pride and our hardness of heart will stop us from seeing God's goodness in our circumstances. That is so true. So if you have a circumstance that really stinks and it's hard and you've been walking through it for a long time, and you've kind of just turned into this victim, like victim mentality of like, this is happening to me, poor me, I can do nothing, like, and you've, and you've just kind of given up. Your pride is keeping you from seeing what God is doing. And a lot of times, it's people that he's put in your life. So pay attention. Soften your heart. Let him soften your heart. Let him show you where their heart, like those places are hard. So going back to being humble <laughs> and humility, Jesus was the most humble of them all. And Jesus wasn't a pushover. Jesus wasn't weak. He was the strongest. And I mean... He talked to the Pharisees like, <clears throat> like he always had something, you know, like he wasn't, he wasn't this softy, pushy, overy kind of guy. He knew who he was and he knows, and he knew whose he was and he had a mission and he was going after it. So today I just feel like the Lord wants to soften and heal places in your heart. The Lord wants to heal and drive out fear of man, which keeps your heart hard. Your heart hard because you're caring about what other people might think if you change. Like, this is what people think of me, and this is what people expect of me. I can't be different because if I'm different, like, then I can get hurt and people won't like me or whatever that, like, core fear is. 
And I just feel like the Lord's like, I'm driving that out so you can live a life that you enjoy. And you can live a life that other people would want. Pastor Kelly. Yeah. I have testimony about that. Okay. That people-pleasing thing is a terrible thing. I was the biggest people-pleaser probably on the planet. And um, that same mentor that always made us go inward constantly... She also, we were um, celebrating somebody's birthday or something, and so we all stayed the night at her house. We all ended up crashing, all of us women. And um, we woke up the next morning, and we were sort of having some coffee, and (laughs) out of the blue, she says, yeah, I hate nice people. (laughs) Whoa. I'm like, what? You know, and I didn't really question her about it. I just sort of, it's just like, it just hit me like a slap upside the face. And so I'm like, oh, wow, God, what does she mean by that? What does she mean by that? Because, you know, I always wanted to be sort of a nice person, you know? And so I'm like, oh, man, what did it do? It made me get on my knees and really seek God. Like, what did she mean by that? What did she mean by that? Because she always spoke. And um, anyway, this is what he finally showed me. He says, <laughs> she hates that people-pleasing spirit, and so do I. I'm like, wow, God, that was a revelation. And so even like later on, I asked her about that. She doesn't remember saying it. And here it threw me in such a hurricane loop. I'm telling you the truth. So God is, he's so amazing. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that that people pleasing is more about you than other people. You think that you're actually... It's okay for you. You justify it because you're helping others. But really, it's just protecting you from pain. And it's really wearing you out, and it's wearing you thin. Yeah. Right? So you can't actually, like, it's a distraction from what actually God's calling you to do. It might be part of it. But, like, if you're walking around tired and totally upset and you don't feel like you can be yourself, then, I mean, that's not God. Because God loves you. He created you. And you're supposed to be different and unique. Yeah, so, good. Um, I don't remember. Okay, so why don't we just close our eyes? Let's just, let's just go to God. Let's go. So, Holy Spirit, Lord, I just ask that right now you would just encompass us in your love. Lord, we need your presence. Jesus, come sit by us. Now, you can imagine this, you can just, you know, do this with your thoughts, but I like to imagine sitting next to Jesus, and I want you to hand him your heart. I want you to inspect your heart with him. Maybe it's an actual heart, maybe he's showing you a garden or whatever, And I want you to ask Jesus where the pride is. Ask Jesus where the gravel in your garden is. And I want you to ask him what you need to do about it.
I want you to ask Jesus to help you. If Jesus is asking you to forgive, ask him for his help. That's not something you can do on your own, especially if it's big. If it's allowing him to touch places or memories or things that hurt and it's going to be painful for a second, ask for his help because he's the comforter and the healer. If you just got to pull some weeds, pull some weeds. If you have to straighten out your priorities, straighten out your priorities. If it's just letting him closer, let him closer. Maybe you just have to sit in his love and believe you're loved and important and cared about today. Maybe you have a lie that you believe about yourself. And the Lord says, you are tender-hearted. You are soft. You are malleable. You are teachable, and you are humble. That's who God says you are. And when you give something to Jesus, he always gives you something back in return. So as you're walking with him through this unforgiveness, through these things in your heart, through a new identity, I want you to ask Jesus what he has in return for you today. Jesus, humble me today. Lord, humble us today. We know sometimes it isn't always comfortable being humbled. But we still say yes because we want more of you. Lord, we've had a little bit. We've had a taste. But God, we want all the good stuff. We want to see lives changed. We want to carry your glory. We want to walk in our calling and our destiny and that starts with us humbling our hearts towards you.
Can we just say yes and amen? God, that you would continue to guard in our hearts, that you would continue to walk with us in this journey, God, that you'd get us to a place where we're free, that we're free of depression and anxiety, God, free of like the, the, the hard-heartedness in our lives. God, but that that soft heart would bring us joy of that two-way, hun, that joy of union with you, that that's the root of the real truth and the root of enjoying our life with you, God, is that, that enjoyment of our union, of our connection. So God, I just thank you throughout this week that you would continue to reveal what that looks like, what that feels like, the goodness, that goodness, God, and connection with you, that we don't have to hide anything, and that when we find something we don't like, we just put it at your feet, that we humble ourselves and put it at our feet, at your feet. So we just thank you for what you're doing in our hearts today and for the rest of our lives. (laughs) And we bless it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I forgot something. Yes, we did. Yeah. Amen. Can we we show some love, Pastor Kelly? Amen. So good. So we we got a few things, like a small handful of things. The kids at the back there, did you hear that? They love me. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Um, we're going we're gonna to give our offering this morning. Uh, we, we Just in everything going on, we just blew right past that moment that usually happens at that time, so whatever. It is what it is. But we're going to give our offering this morning. Uh, so if you want to get your give ready, get your give ready. And we're just going to receive it. The ushers are going to come. Awesome Lee and awesome Sarah. Uh, that's actually their first name. They're, it's just, yeah. It's just what their parents did. I don't judge it. Yeah, so I'm going to pray over it. Father, we just thank you so much. Well, thank you, thank you for this morning. I thank you for like, how you are able to meet with us personally in, in a large group and how you can speak to us personally through one person talking and how we hear your voice, how we know your voice and how you father us, how you shepherd us and how you walk with us through everything. And, and we just uh, give you thanks this morning. Thank you for what you've blessed us with, what you've poured into our storehouses, the, the gifts, the finances, just everything. Uh, Lord, we just give this offering this morning and we partner our economy with yours. And we know that, that uh, you'll supply all of our riches according to, all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And uh, we just thank you for, for that promise that we can trust in if we choose to. And we choose to this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ushers, you guys can, you can, you guys can awesome ush. And then uh, a couple more things. So Sarah is going to be doing Acts in Action coming up here uh, probably maybe five minutes after 11, seven minutes after 11. She's going to get started on that. So it's, a, it's an adult Bible study that's going to happen. Uh, right after we're done here. And then, um, right after we're done here, there's some tables outside. We're, we're uh, doing a bake sale fundraiser. There's a bake and craft sale fundraiser thing, just bake sale going on for, the, uh, for Camp Fusion. So we're starting the ball rolling on getting some fundraising going for getting kids to Camp Fusion this summer. So, yeah, so... Um, if you guys want to go out and overspend for baked goods, that would be awesome. Um, but uh, we, you know, we, we 
the kids were involved in making stuff, but we kept things super sanitary. So just so you know, if you're like thinking, oh man, kids made this, it's like, no, dude, we took care of that. So um, that, and then uh, I think that's it. Is there anything else I'm missing? I don't think so, right? Yeah. So we're good. All right. Well, bless you guys. You guys are amazing. We love, we love being family with you. So. In, in, the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May you know his goodness. May you know his peace in, in everything that you do. And you're coming and you're going and you're working and you're playing and all the, just all week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Be blessed, Anne. pray that you received encouragement and impartation as you heard this word today. Connect with us on Facebook and at newday-church.org. Thanks again for listening to this message.